0: We're talking about the taxi industry, the ride hailing industry, and I know it probably feels to you like we have been talking about this for a long time. And that is true. We have been talking about it, it seems like, for years, but we thought we were getting to the end here. We thought we were getting to the finish line. Processes being put in place to bring ride hailing companies like Lyft and, yes, even Uber, after a delay in in making their answer, coming to B.C., And now more turmoil. We heard that the taxi association, the Vancouver Taxi Association uh, today saying they're going to go the route of a judicial review in trying to stop the government's uh, process from happening. And we also know that the government themselves, not doing themselves any favours, was this letter that we're hearing about, was it pressure to change the Passenger Transportation Board's decision or just a letter that points out concerns? Those are the questions after there was this letter sent by Transportation Minister Claire Trevena to the Arms Length Transportation Safety Board. All having to do with the board's decisions when it comes to ride hailing in this province. The letter talked about concerns about the lack of limits on the number of drivers along with congestion issues. Let's find out what the intention was here. Joining us now, Transportation Minister Claire Trevena. Thank you very much for being here.
1: It's a pleasure Simi. see me. Why did you send this letter? Well, the Passenger Transportation Board had said it was going to reassess its supply decisions once it had data, and the letter essentially just expresses support for that. But it also relays some concerns to the Passenger Transportation Board brought to me by mayors, by other stakeholders, and by constituents. So it really is showing support for the independence of the Passenger Transportation Board, um, and as I say, relaying some concerns I've heard about congestion and um, about, about supply and the impact that, that might have on the tax industry.
0: But do you, I mean, do you still stand by the decision to send the letter in light of concerns and critiques now that that was not appropriate for the minister to do that to a board that is supposed to be arm's length?
1: The board is arm's length, and I respect the independence of the board. I think that, um, as I say, reading the letter, you can see very clearly it's it's supportive of the board and supportive of the work. Um, And I do respect having the Passenger Transportation Board. I've got to say, we've um, seen what the BC Liberals would do. They would have brought in an unregulated approach to ride-sharing, which would have completely wiped out the taxi industry. I mean, we've heard from uh, Jazz Johal, their main their Mm -hmm. main spokesperson, saying he would. just rip the bandage off and let the free market apply. What we're doing is working through a regulated system, making sure that we get both a taxi industry that continues and that we in, have ride hail in BC this year.
0: But what do you expect the board to do with your letter? Do you expect them to respond and say, yes, we'll do this, yes, we'll take another look at it? Like, what is the end result you expect?
1: It was information passing to the board. It was making sure that the board was aware of the, the information that I, as a minister, have received. Every time I've received information, I've also suggested that uh, those people go to the Passenger Transportation Board. The Passenger Transportation Board is independent. Um, they are able, very, very aptly able, I think we've seen to make decisions. Uh, we are waiting to get data to see how ride hailing comes. But I've got to say, um, people have been waiting for seven years for ride hailing, five years with the BC Liberals. We have brought in ride hailing in two years. Uh, we have now seven companies that are applying in BC and I'm very excited to see what is going to be happening in the next couple of months. But if the board is so
0: aptly able, as you put it there, why did they need a reminder from you about what to look at?
1: Well, as I say, it's just uh, I'm absolutely supportive of what they're doing. It was putting out there what I have heard and i think that as minister it's important to share that sort of information um I, i'm not throwing arrows i'm not i'm not making uh, wild accusations um i'm not working as the, as the bc liberals and their chief spokesman jazz jo hall is uh, uh, just going straight mm. for the jugular and you know, calling the taxi industry a cartel i mean we we know that there are family supporting jobs in that industry. It's been around for many generations. We've talked about having a level playing field. And as minister, I said very clearly in that letter that it's, it's supportive of the hard work the Passenger Transportation Board has done. But as minister, it's also incumbent to share the information that I have received.
0: Were you surprised that the board decided to not cap the size of the fleets that were allowed for these companies?
1: The Passenger Transportation Board took lots of evidence. They heard from a lot of people and, um, they decided not to cap it. I, that, it was their decision and I think that what we've seen is that this is how a regulated system works. Um, if we'd had, say, the, the BC Liberals coming in with Jazz Joe Hall uh, ripping that bandage off, bringing in unregulated ride, ride sharing, we'd be in a very different situation. We would, uh, have wiped out one complete industry. Um, his, his, decision. Judge I know, but that's decision, a what if. Wiped that's, out that's, the Minister,
0: that's a what if. I'm not interested in what they would have done. What we're doing is what, what your government has done, what you have done here. Were you surprised that there was no fleet cap? Were you expecting a fleet cap?
1: I was anticipating the Passenger Transportation Board to come with decisions from the evidence that they had heard. They had submissions from the taxi industry. They had submissions from the ride hail industry. They had submissions from experts. I was not going to prejudge what they were going to come with. That They are an independent board. As I say, I'm very respectful of that, the very hard work they've done to make sure that our policy of bringing in ride hail um It actually happens. What the Passenger Transportation Board needs is data. We have no data yet. We now actually have seven companies who want to work in BC um, who have applications in, so they will soon be getting data about um, how this works in British Columbia. As I say, seven companies who now have the opportunity to meet people's needs and meet people's desires for app-based ride-hailing in British Columbia. The The Passenger Transportation Board is seeking data. They'll get the data and make decisions based on the evidence that data uh, provides.
0: The Vancouver Taxi Association Association says they would like to take this to a judicial review. Do you do, are, is that at all? Do you think impacting the timeline here, or and how are you concerned about that?
1: I, I have uh, faith in the Passenger Transportation Board. I'm obviously not going to comment about the process of whether or not there should not be a judi- whether there should be a judicial review or not. We, we have said that we're going to have ride hailing in British Columbia this year. Uh, we have seven companies that want to be here operating here that have been waiting for years to be able to operate here they've been had the opportunity for since 2012 to come to british columbia in the last two years i think we've made enormous strides that the bc liberals weren't able to make
0: so any of these like last you know couple of days that things have been happening you don't see that as changing the timeline it you still think companies will be operating this year
1: We've seen seven companies apply. They are uh, recruiting drivers. They are looking at places right across the province, the lower mainland, uh, smaller centers. They they want to work here. I am anticipating we are still going to get ride hail in British Columbia this year. This is our, our aim. It's the Passenger Transportation Board's aim. And I know that everybody in British Columbia wants to see that too.
0: And what is your message then to the taxi companies that are still upset by this?
1: That we are working on a level playing field, that we have very clearly worked to ensure that we have both um, ride hailing here, that we have a taxi industry here. We've been very clear right from the beginning that we are going to work to both modernize the taxi industry. That was our commitment when we brought in our, um, before we brought in our legislation that we'd work with the taxi industry to modernize the taxi industry and uh, also enable ride hailing, something that BC Liberals were unable to do in in Mm -hmm. five years. Why not eliminate
0: boundaries then for taxis? Why not give them more of a level playing field then?
1: Well, I've got to say that this is a, obviously a contentious issue. Uh, some parts of the taxi industry wants to have boundaries. Some parts don't. This is something that the Passenger Transportation Board wants to see. Um, again, I go to the the voice from the other side. We hear Jaz Johal um, saying that he is helping taxi uh, one day. Say saying that he's going to help them on boundaries. On the next day, he's saying that they're a cartel. Um, I I think that we really have to leave that to the Independent Passenger Transportation Board.
0: So if they want to look at it, they are free to look at that?
1: This is something that they will be looking at. They've already indicated it's something that they want to look at, and uh, uh, they will do. They need that evidence. They need that data. We are on day... Uh, day two of taking applications, day three of taking applications, we still got a ways to go. I think that everybody who's been uh, calling for app-based ride-hailing is going to be very happy. We'll see about that. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure, Simmy. Bye now. That
0: is Transportation Minister Clara Treveno. Let's get a breakdown now from the other side of this issue. The people who definitely support ride hailing want to see it happen in this province. Ian Tossenson joins us now, the spokesperson for Ride Sharing Now for BC. Ian, thanks so much for being here.
2: Absolutely, Simi. How are you doing?
0: Good, thank you. What do you make of the last couple of days with these letters <laughs> going around and now judicial review being threatened? Like, what do you make of all this?
2: I think this is pretty typical of any market where. Lyft and Uber uh, wanted to operate. I think the tax industry has this kind of reaction. Um, I was a little surprised that, you know, in a judicial review, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because, you know, they tend not to want to overturn um, the decisions of an independent body. And the independent body was, you know, basically saying what the, the um, all-party committee said is that, you know, there should be no surprise to the tax industry. They, you know, they recommended no-caps. No boundaries and and some pricing mechanism. So this is not a surprise. I think it's a bit of a desperate attempt by the tax industry to to do what they can, but I don't think it's gonna go anywhere.
0: Right. But what about the government? They I'm let's face it, some of them sound pretty concerned about this.
2: Well I think you know, and I think that's the politics of this. I thought about that too, Simi, is that I think the government needs to be saying that they're supporting the industry. I mean, no one I, I keep saying this, no one wants to see the tax industry, you know, um, go away. Right. Certainly, want to see the tax industry get more competitive and stop maybe whining like they do. And I think the government needs to be saying, you know what, um, we're concerned about some of these things, or we're concerned about the impacts. But I think they do know they can't do much about it. I don't know what the minister said; I, I missed that segment. But I know that the, I think the the uh, the fact that there's an independent passenger transportation board that did say, in time, we'll get some data and we'll take a look at this and see what we what adjustments we made. I think that's fair. But I just think a little bit of this is is posturing a bit by the government just to make sure that the industry knows that they're not going to abandon them. And they they shouldn't, right?
0: Yeah, right. Okay, but like as people have pointed out today, the lots of industries get disrupted. You don't see the kind of defense of those industries the way we're seeing of the taxi industry.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where the votes count. Like if you look at a couple of MLAs in Surrey that are talking about, you know, putting the pressure on, I mean, the government understandably is worried that they're going to have a backlash and lose votes and lose seats, particularly in Surrey, over this. Um, it's pretty intense. I mean, people are talking about recall campaigns, and I think it'll settle. Uh, the Premier just has to, I think he has to, to, um, to stay the course. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's going to happen from this. I think the tax industry just needs to not put us on hold for 20 minutes and not show up, you know, 20 minutes yeah. or half an hour late and get competitive. And, and this is all a sideshow. I don't think it's going to change much, um, Simi. I really hope it doesn't change much.
0: Yeah, it didn't sound like it would, but we'll see about that. Now, last time I talked to you, Ian, you were going to be having meetings with the City of Vancouver to find kind of pick up and drop off yeah. locations. How did that go? Where are we at? Like, is this whole process still moving forward?
2: Yes, it is. Um, they're, and they're quite interesting because they're just sort of, uh, you know, they heard the announcement. Now they're trying to figure out, the whole issue about let's not make sure we have congestion so one of the big areas obviously is the cruise ships so they're going to look at you know a couple of staging areas which probably is around cruise ships is probably around Granville Street and they do this in other cities where they would actually have a a Lyft uh station and an Uber station so people know where to go as opposed to cars just sort of you know being a little bit too congested right. if you will um they had some crazy ideas about, well, we're going to add a fee here and a fee there. And we just said, don't do not do those kind of things. Like, let the system get going here, and then let's all work together. I'm not just talking to Lyft. I'm just having lunch with the new general manager of Lyft. They want to be problem solvers for the sake of the community. They're not trying to work anti-anything. So we said to the city, let's just work together collaboratively and just stop talking about and all these kinds of things because we don't know what the future looks like yet. Right. But
0: are you confident, you're confident at this point, Ian, that despite all of this other noise going on right now, that this is happening?
2: I'm sticking to my November dates. Absolutely. (laughs) hundred percent.
0: I guess we'll be talking to you in (laughs) November then. Uh, Ian, thank you very much for your time on that.
2: (laughs) Thanks to Okay. Okay.
0: That's Ian Dawson's spokesperson for ride sharing now for BC. He's also the president and CEO of the BC restaurant and food services association